You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 60. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be with you. It's good to be back, Chris, and yet another podcast. Well, I'm interested as you continue to go through your uh, transition or navigating transition kind of stuff, mm. um, the, the the level of complexity that you've, you've gone into in, in analyzing it. And I find that I struggle a little bit to kind of, especially some people would take some time between these recordings mm. to kind of just keep uh, on stream. But you've actually put a lot of work into just sort of nutting all this picture out. Well, it's not all my work, but, uh, you know, I think that, as we've talked about, going through change is something we all have to face at uh, right the way through our lives, and uh, you know, and it just is helpful to us if we're able to be a little bit more aware of what the challenges are and more aware of what resources we can draw upon to help us to do it more successfully. Now, you said that today uh, is something to do with those resources. What is our focus for today? Yeah, so if you remember last time, if you haven't been back and and listened to uh, the fourth one in the series of Thriving Through Change, we're now on on number five, we talked about the the transition model. And the the transition model had the the four phases of just... um, you can't see this because you're just listening, but I'm showing the, showing Chris the, the model again. We've got the four phases. The phase one is the getting ready phase. That's sort of the phase where you're thinking about a change. You're thinking about maybe a career change or something like that, but you're not yet committed to it. So you're doing research and, and so forth. So just let me just get this right. At that stage, you could be under pressure needing to change and wondering what you should do, or you just might be realizing that you're coming up eventually to graduation or something and you're just yes. trying to work out where to go. So it, it could be an under pressure or it could be fairly leisurely phase. It's- yeah, it's preparing for a change. So it's like you're on the river and you can hear the rapids coming. You've got to make a commitment, but you're not quite there yet. You haven't yeah. decided which way you're going to go. Okay. So And then there's the go for it phase. This is the phase where you do make a commitment. You've got a vision. You've got goals. You're high energy and bang, you're off. You're going. Yeah. You're, uh, you're trying to achieve something. So you've started a job. You're now trying to succeed at that job, impress your boss, getting things accomplished. Uh, so that's that's a t- typically a time of high optimism and a lot of energy. You've got a vision clear clear in front of you and off you're going to, to try and achieve But if you've started a business, borrowed money, you've got to contain a load of stuff coming and you've yep. got in, there could be a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, fears. Is it going to work or not? But you're sort of, you're, you're, it's going to really consume you. You're, sing- you're single-minded pretty yeah. much towards yeah towards that that mm-hmm. task and then you've got the doldrums and this is the phase where you are uh, you've, you've been working towards a vision but you have either the vision isn't quite what you thought it would be or you haven't been quite successful in achieving it and so you're now feeling a bit disillusioned you're lacking a little bit of hope uh, you're just going through the motions you're bored you're restless but it could mean that you've been successful, but now you're just, you've been there, done that, and it's just becoming routine. And that's often what people find in their 40s and their 50s. They've been very successful at their work, but there's no longer the passion there to go with the success. And so mm-hmm. it's not fulfilling, it's not satisfying. Right. And then there's the, um, and then from the doldrums, you can either go to a mini transition, which then flicks you back to the getting ready phase, mm-hmm. or you move, move into phase three, which is the co- phase four, which is the cocooning phase, where you've got to really dig deep into who you are and uh, what life you've been living and, and 
and what's coming up for you, what do you want to be, what do you want to be doing, what's your place in the world, what's your place in eternity, and, you know, really doing that real deep dive into sort yourself. soul-searching sort of Yeah, soul-searching yeah. is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. So, and then once you progress out of that and you work out, okay, right, these are the things that are important to me and now I have a better idea of who I am. Maybe you've come to the realisation that you're living somebody else's life and not mm-hmm. living your own life. Um, and once you've been able to let go of the past, maybe it's a failed vision, maybe, you know, maybe it's a relationship that's broken down, you always thought you were going to be married and it's now longer worked out and now you've got to start again. You've got to let go of the past before you can then move on to the getting ready phase to start the new chapter of life. So, so if we're going to talk about tools, which of those four phases do they fit into? Well, so we're going to talk through some tools which you will use through each of the phases, but the tools that you use will be, you'll be using some tools in some phase, but not in others. Right. It's like when you're building something, right? You've got a toolbox, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm terrible for this. Sometimes I can't find my hammer, so I'm using my, I'm using <laughs> right. a spanner instead, right? <laughs> it doesn't work too well. Mm-hmm. You can get the job done, but it doesn't work, work, work mm-hmm. well. And so what I'm going to be sharing with today is just a few tools that we can use and you need to, and you can apply them in each of the different phases, how you see fit. And that will become clear, I guess, as you go back and listen to the other podcasts, particularly the last one with regard to the phases, you will get a greater sense of what is required through those four phases. And then from the one that we're going through today, um, with giving you the tools, you can say, okay, right, I think I need to go and apply that tool because I'm in this phase. Okay, you better tell me what the tools are then. You've whetted my appetite. What have you got as your list of tools? Okay, so, well, there are, there are there's an endless list of tools, mm-hmm. right? And it's not about telling somebody, right, this is what you should do. You should do A, B, C, D, and then you'll be sweet, mm-hmm. right? This is just simply help to either... Um, remind you perhaps there are things you've always thought of doing but you've you haven't done them yeah uh and maybe give you a a bit of a jolt and say well hey maybe i should start doing that uh or it's a case of oh i never thought about that as being a a potential solution to the Mm -hmm. issues that i'm going through now so there's no there's no sense of well you need to do this or or rocket science in this it's just simply helping to build up a toolkit that you can then go away and use whatever phase of transition you're in. The more equipped a tradesman is, the more effectively they can do their job. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so it's still up to the listener. It's still up to you to use your thinking and your brain, your discretion to decide what tool to use when. And if one tool's not working, well, then you switch to another one. Okay, well, stop stop stalling me. I asked you what are the tools. Okay, well, well, I've got to put some caveats in there. I don't want people to think that I'm telling them what to do. So, okay, so there there are six parts to the roadmap, if you like, mm-hmm. of, of planning your way through. And we've already talked about phases. Mm-hmm. So you need to know what phase you're in. So mm-hmm. you don't know that, go back and listen to the other ones. Then a second one is the stresses. And we need to be well aware of the stresses that we're under. We can't just deny them, push them down. Uh, many of us as men have pu- push our stresses down and just try and get on top of them and just think, I can, I can handle this push it down and try and be a lone soldier, a Robinson Crusoe through our stresses. So give me an example of what you mean by identify the stress. Uh, so identify the stress. So what is it that is causing you to... Well, there, there are things which are a result of stress. So one of those is losing sleep. Okay. Right? Yeah. So what is it? Be honest about what is it that is causing okay. you to lose sleep. So facing up to the fact there that are other there is things, a stress going on. Yeah, and we talked about in, in the other podcast about some of the effects of stress. One of those is, is physiolog- physiological. So um, 
So increased heart rate and blood pressure and cholesterol and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stress is, stress is a real thing. It's not just something that we should push down. And we talked about how as the stresses increase, we need to mitigate our stresses by having those release valve things. Those release valves. Yeah. So it could be things like exercise. So this is when we then get into the tools. So mm-hmm. with with stresses, we maybe it's useful to be journaling, to be writing down what are okay. the things which are going on in our in our mind. What are the emotions that we're feeling, mm-hmm. rather than just pushing them down and thinking, well, they're not there. I just need to toughen up. Actually, journaling and writing down. It's doing some exercise, going for bushwalks, whatever it is for you that relieves those stresses. So those are the those are the sort of tools that I'm talking about uh, in this category of stresses. Mm-hmm. So phases, stresses, and then there's self. So these are three awareness awareness areas of the map. Okay, and so oh, self aware where you are in the in the cycle, where you are aware of what the stresses, stresses are, and aware of yourself aware. and about how you tick. Mm-hmm. And what's important to you. Okay. Is that like self-analysis? Well, yes, in a, in a sense. So it's, it's having a good idea about who, who you are and what makes, what, makes you, what makes you tick as a person. So what I'm talking about there is we've, we're often very aware of our weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? I could easily tell you the things that I'm not good at, right? It's, it's, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not gonna, <laughs> it's, yes. not, it's, not hard, it's not hard to do that. But you ask somebody what their strengths are and they might sit there and go, uh, mm, um, yeah, I'm... Well, I have to think about it for a minute. Okay. Right? You think people find it harder to identify their strengths? I do, and okay. I do. And through my experience with interviewing people in the corporate world, asking people what their strengths are, or asking people what other people would say their strengths are, can cause people to stop and think for a mm-hmm. bit as to what they are. Um, sometimes we're not we're not willing to admit them, or sometimes we're just not really that well aware of it, and so. So there are the endless number of assessments that we can do, the endless number of ways that we can work out our strengths. And oftentimes there are strengths that are hidden, that we're not using, that we're not aware of. And as someone who spent most of my career using my left brain to be successful, then coming into a, a second career, I'm no longer using so much of my left brain. I've now had to exercise a lot more of my right brain and discover, well, actually, do I have some strengths in right brain thinking and not just in left brain thinking. And so that can be, that's an example of how really diving deep into who you are, you can actually uncover some things about yourself that you actually didn't weren't aware that were there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are we up to the tools yet? Or is this more yeah. just okay. okay, so one of the so in terms of self, one of the tools you can do is is an assessment. Okay. Right. Yep. So you can do a you can do a strength assessment. Uh, there's, there's one of the ones that I do through coaching, which uh, it's called Strengths Maximizer, and it's actually a third-party assessment, which has been done by more than 20 million people. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good exercise for digging deep into what your strengths are into diff- in different situations. Mm-hmm. There's also, of course, your personality. We all have these different personality traits, and we bring different personalities to different tasks. And there's a personality that we want others to, to see us as, and there's a personality that we see ourselves as. And being aware of that, of what our personality is, can really help us to understand why we're doing things the way we're doing them, right? And to not be angry and mad and, and down on ourselves because we're doing something in a certain way. It's just the way our personality tends to want to direct us in those situations, right? So, for example, I'm, I'm quite a high D uh, in, the, in the, one of the, the tools that I use. It's called DISC. And there are four letters, D, I, 
S and C. And D stands for being driven. So I want to get things done. I want to get tasks done. I want to get goals achieved, right? Whereas somebody who's more an I type of person is more relational, more wants to make people happy, is more concerned about how people think, right? And so my personality is a certain way. And and so I need to work a bit harder at being empathetic with people right? and being relational with people. It doesn't mean I can't do it. It just yeah. means it's not... It's not your first instinct. It's not my first instinct. Okay. Yeah. Right. So as we're more aware about the way that we operate, it helps us to understand why we do things the way we do and doesn't, you know, and, and we can see, we can see, and then we can be intentional about whether we want to change that or not. And this would feed then into our um, dealing with transition. Yes. And how would you see that applying in well, terms the, of... Well, where this comes in most strongly is in that cocooning phase. Right. Because this is the time where you really need to do a lot of self-reflection, mm-hmm. right? Say you're, you're in your, your mid-40s, uh, a midlife crisis, say, goes from about 35 to 55 for most men. And it's a time when you suddenly become a bit more aware of your own mortality. You realize you're halfway through your life. And for a lot of men, they realize, well, hang on, I've been... I haven't actually achieve the things that I've wanted to I'm not actually happy I might have ticked off these boxes of all these things that I've done but I haven't actually got the satisfaction in life that life promised me it said that if I got a good job made lots of money got married had some kids then I'd be happy and satisfied it may be not was told you that uh, explicitly but implicitly it's implied mm-hmm. right and it's like you're plugged into the matrix mm-hmm. right I don't know if you remember that movie mm-hmm. you've seen that from the from the 80s with Kino Reeves but there comes a point for a lot of men, when they suddenly realise there's something wrong with this picture, there's mm-hmm. something wrong here with this world. Uh, I'm I've been plugged into the matrix all these years, and all of a sudden, there's I want to take the red pill. I want to get out, mm-hmm. and and so that's a time when you really do need to have a good hard look at who you are. So understand what life yourself, you've been living and where you want to go. It, it helps you plan where you might be going yeah like what why you don't fit or 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 what would be a better fit is that's the sort of direction that would come out of that sort of talk and it can yeah it can help you help you avoid some pretty bad mistakes Mm -hmm. so you know what happens often with with men in midlife for example is they make some they don't just grow the long hair and get the tats and the and the uh and the earrings Uh, and and the motorbike (laughs) the, the motorbike actually i was reading that the most common purchase for a man in midlife for a motor car is still the sports car, but it's not red. It's actually black. Oh. But anyway, so the stereotype has some I legs. I must have bought the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it actually has some legs. So, But but marriages often break down mm-hmm. in this period of life because a man makes 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 some errors, makes some, some, some foolish decisions that and sometimes he doesn't just consider it a foolish decision. Maybe he did need to to get divorced and move on. But oftentimes he makes a foolish decision and his life has changed the course which he would rather have not gone. Mm-hmm. And so when you actually are a lot more aware about who you are and how you function, it can help you to avoid making really dumb mistakes. Okay. So keep going with your tools and you, you, you've got my, my interest. Well, the, so the third one with regard to, to self. This is just a self tool. So okay. with regard to self. So we talked, we talked about uh, you know, doing doing an assessment personality, yep. doing one with strengths. The other one, which is really valuable, is values. Knowing what your values are. Okay. And why is this important? Because when we have a disconnect between what we are doing and what our values are, then we become real double-minded. Mm-hmm. We become really unsettled, really unhappy. And so, 
what are your values? Have you ever stopped to think about what are the values? What are the if you could list three or four things that if you're on a desert island and you had all your food and the basics taken care of, food and shelter, but there was one or two other people with you on that desert island, what would be the values that would be most valuable to you for them to have? Or more to the point, if they didn't have these things, would you just not want to be there? Mm. Right? So is it things like loyalty or is it things like respect? Is it things like uh, honesty? What are those things which are so deep and vital to you that you would die, die for them? It reminds me of a documentary I saw many years ago, and I haven't been able to track it down since then, uh, where they interviewed corporate leaders about their set of values, which were highly noble, like really high noble set of values. Mm. And then they discussed with them their corporation's values, which were actually almost the opposite, you know. So mm. the corporation was profit at any cost, you know. Yep. It doesn't matter that the product doesn't work as long as people buy it, the kind of thing. And they were trying to show the, the corporate leader that that his personal values, which is I would always be truthful, wasn't upheld in the business world where the company would be happy to lie about nearly anything if it was important for the bottom line. And so maybe that's the sort of area you're thinking of too, where people would say, hey, I'm doing something, but it actually actually really does offend my, my personal values structure. Yeah, so if you're aware of your values, and then one of those things you might realize, that, hey, that's why I'm so unhappy at this job, right? You actually can get to the, get to the deep root as to why you're so unhappy and, and why you want to leave. Hmm. And so therefore, you're able to make decisions based on the right criteria one of the right criteria. It's not the only one, of course, for making a decision like changing your job, rather than on the wrong on the wrong things. So those are sort of awareness awareness things. We're talking about phase, we're talking about self, and we're talking about about stress. Is really being aware and growing our awareness around ourselves and our environment and what it is that's affecting us and well, in the world around us. That and helps then, us make informed decisions rather than knee jerk decisions or decisions based on dollars or. Or other things, we become more informed about yeah. where we're going and why we're going there. Yeah, and then and then there are three action three action pieces to this to mm-hmm. this map, if you like. Uh, one of them is setting goals. Uh, the other is gathering resources, and the third one is is facing obstacles. And so there are various tools which are useful for us with regard to these three, as you can imagine. So, are these analytical tools? Uh, they. They can be, they can be, but they don't. They don't have to be. So, give me an example of one of the tools then. Okay, so let's ta- say, for example, that you're in the in the getting ready phase, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there and you're thinking about what do I want to do? What do I want to do when I finish university? What is it that I want to embark on? What jobs am I going to apply for? Uh, you might um, you might sit down and create for yourself a vision board. You might. Go and grab a whole lot of pictures from a whole lot of different magazines and put a picture of put put a picture together of what your what you want your life to be like, what the season, the next season of life at least that you uh-huh. want it to be like, and start to get a sense of a vision for yourself. But then you can then start to formulate some goals around. I'm a great believer in starting with the end in mind. So, you know, before you embark on a journey, have an idea about where you want to get to have a good idea about where you want to get to and the clearer that clearer that vision is then the easier it is for them to you to work backwards milestones along the way 
to and then for you to be able to set goals to get to the first milestone and then to re- to review, assess, and then set goals to the next milestone and so forth. And so as you go along that journey, your plans might change, but more or less the vision remains the same. So have some means to be able to create a vision. Is this like a goal-setting thing, or is this separate to goals? Is the vision and the goals the same sort of a thing? Vision is vision's different okay. to goals. So vision is sort of this overarching thing that you're a picture of mm-hmm. where you want the future to be and the goals goals are uh, stepping stones are, sort of the, are the intermediate steps right. i guess the along along the way and the, your pathway is never straight so you always mm-hmm. need to make assessments i'm not sure which general it was might have been might have been eisenhower he said that you know a battle is never won without a plan but it is also never won according to right. two plans so yeah. the overall vision is to win the yeah. is to win the win the battle but you need to adjust your plans as you go okay and those are your, your goals your mm. goal one is to send your troop you know, your one battalion over here and to send your armored corps over here and so forth now there's lots of tools for all that sort of there stuff there is a lot of, there is a lot of tools and and you know one of the tools which comes up with regard to setting goals is the smart framework making mm-hmm. your goals specific. So the more specific they are, the better. Getting them down from 40,000 feet to 2,000 feet mm-hmm. rather than saying, I want to eat better. Saying, okay, no, I'm going to I'm going to only eat fast food once a fortnight. I'm going to eat vegetables at least, you know, three yeah. times a week or, or whatever it is. We'll so. be buying, <laughs> buying organic food or whatever. It yeah, whatever it is. So making mm-hmm. your goal specific mm-hmm. and making it so that it's measurable Mm-hmm. So that's what the M stands for, making sure it's measurable, not just saying, I'm going to lose weight. No, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in six weeks, mm-hmm. right? Um, making it attainable, so it needs to be largely within your control. It's no good you setting a goal, which you have no control over, really, whether mm-hmm. it's going to be achieved or not. That's that's SMA. Now, so, R, come on, let's see if we can remember what the R was. <laughs> just, I've just had one of those mental blanks. So... <laughs> so it, R is remembering, is it? R is, R is remembering. It, it needs to, it needs to be realistic. Okay. So it's nice to have a goal which is a stretch, and we used to always just have those in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. It's all very we come up with our own goals, but they're always easy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until you saw your manager that you stretched it and mm-hmm. doubled it, tripled mm-hmm. it. So it needs to be something which is it's which is uh, which which is possible for you to achieve, mm-hmm. realistic. But it should also be a bit of a stretch, right? And then timely, so it needs to have some time aspect yeah. to it. So it's no good setting something up and and not having a date for it. It's like setting a, an agreement. You should never set up a, an agreement with somebody which never has a review date, mm-hmm. never has a, a time when you can set a review and then reass- and reassess and then and then set new goals because it just leads to frustration and, and breakdown mm-hmm. in the relationship. So there are a lot of different models for setting goals, for setting vision, and you know they're pretty easy, pretty easy to find. Uh, of course, you can you can journaling is also great with regard to vision and setting goals. You can also be talking with friends, quiet reflection, uh, spending time in, in your Bible and, and talking to God and seeing whether He gives you a picture of what your next stage of life is. That's that's one that we all should we all should do. What Lord do you have for me for this next season of life? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's all about setting goals and then resources. We all have resources that we don't use. Now, is the, are you talking about having a mental reflection on the cataloging what your resources are, or you mean going out and finding new ones? What, what's under your resources tools? Well, I'm a great believer in, in fishing our feet first. Fishing? Fishing your feet first. Fishing your feet 
first. Is that a New Zealand saying? Is it? it is a well, I don't know. I, I don't know it. whether it's New Zealand saying. It's one of my brother-in-law says who's a professional fishing guide. So when you're on a trout river, yeah, the tendency, or even when you're out on the boat, the tendency is to start off with just casting out way out and just trying uh-huh. to get as far away from you as, as possible. But you should fish your feet first. So whatever is closer to home, just fish down in front of you, okay. except because there might be a fish right in front of you. Fish yeah. there first, and if there's no joy, then then. Right. Go further, so, go further afield. So don't put your horizon way out there too far if it doesn't need to be there. Like basically be practical. Stick close as close as possible. Well, just look at the, the resources that you've got closer mm-hmm. to home because you've got things that other people would envy. But because they're familiar to you, they often don't look like that. They're, they're very useful. So, for example, your wife mm-hmm. and your children, your work colleagues... Uh, maybe you've got uh, maybe you got books that have been sitting on the shelf that you've you've never read. You might have resources really close to home that can provide you with 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 inspiration, can provide you with a perspective that you haven't thought of, rather than necessarily going out to you know some conference uh, across the across the seas or mm. something to try and get some sort of inspiration or aha moment. Fish around your feet, yeah. Okay, there just get the stuff that's right there. Yeah. Because we should be using out the resources that we've already got close to 100% before we then waste our time and energy going and collecting new resources. Now, mm. I'm a bit of a resources freak when it comes to tech stuff. So I've bought so many things over the years that I haven't really used all that much. And it's, uh, you know, I'm sure some of the listeners can probably relate to that in other areas. There are books that we read that's sitting on our shelf that we've never read. So use what we have first before we go further afield. And then the the third one in this action series, so the action part is the resources, goals, and obstacles. Yeah. So we can always come up with excuses as to why we haven't taken a step. We've got fears as to Mm -hmm. why we haven't moved in a particular direction, why we haven't made a commitment yet. So we we need to confront these obstacles and we need to look at them and see whether they are real obstacles or whether they're paper tigers. And do we do that ourselves or do we have other people help us? Well, to it's much, that? much easier with others. It's like I think we're, we're likely to deceive ourselves. Aren't we, we are, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the issues because we would we very easily deceive ourselves and think, no, this is a real fear. There's no way I could get up in front of somebody and, 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 and deliver that speech. Uh, it just would tear me apart. Maybe that's our fear. But there are steps that you can take to confront that fear. Or if you don't need to confront it, maybe you just ignore it. And, Mm. you know, if it's not part of your vision, well, we don't all need to be great public speakers, right? Mm. If someone's afraid of snow and they live in Hawaii, it doesn't matter. Yeah, what's the the problem? (laughs) Well, as long as they live on the beach and not up on one of the mountains. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sometimes there are fears we don't need to confront. If you're afraid of... If you're afraid of crocodiles, well... Yes, stay in Melbourne. If you live in Tasmania, it doesn't matter. It's too cold. So, you know, but that, there are obstacles that we are going to face and we need to, as we look at our vision, some of those obstacles will be clear straight away. Some of them will be real. Some of them will be paper tigers. But then as we go along the journey, as we move through those goals, get those milestones, other obstacles will come up and we need to develop a, a strategy to be able to overcome those obstacles so that we don't just give up and just okay, it's too hard, I'm just going to go back and go in the corporate life again and just, you know, we've started, say we've decided to go start a business, you're going to confront a whole lot of obstacles. You don't just want to give up on the first 
few yeah. obstacles and yeah. then go back. You've got to be prepared to push through. And then be miserable. Yeah. Well, they say when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So you've just got to be prepared to keep going through it. I would presume you would actually really need best off with, with uh, what do you call it, Mentor, not mentors necessarily so much as even just uh, people journeying on the journey with you or, or yeah. someone around you to kind of and, bounce off. You know, and we see that so valuable in this day and age with with masterminds and, and, and groups and because we're so disconnected really yeah. physically with people, aren't we? Particularly yeah. with, with family and so forth that we do need to have others who are journeying through us. So if you are starting a business, you need to get involved with people who are also starting a business, maybe some that are a little bit far, further ahead of you. And, you know, it says we're, we're on a spiritual journey too. You need to be involved with people, whether it's a church or whatever, who are also on that journey, mm. right? That you can help one another. Because there are obstacles that you're going to face, so get in, get in, get involved with a, a Bible study or, or whatever. I'm involved. I, I got a BSF for that purpose. Mm-hmm. It's got a men's Bible group, study Bible study yeah. fellowship. There's mm-hmm. a lecture, and then there's a group of about twelve or fifteen of us, and we and we share together, and mm-hmm. it's a spiritual journey being being done together. So, so that's your toolkit. So that's that's part of it. There are a lot of other things. So one of the other things I just want to mention quickly is is a thought diary. So this is something mm-hmm. which is can be really helpful, particularly for when we're when we're dealing with 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 self, we're trying to understand self, but also with dealing with these these obstacles which come up in our mind, which hold us back. You know, that cause us to procrastinate, cause us to be fearful, to actually think, to write down what our thoughts are, and then actually objectively look at them and develop evidence whether that is true or not, and come up with an alternative. So it's this let's find an example so let's say let's say you you organized a a lunch with somebody and they didn't turn up right and somebody you wanted to talk to something important and they didn't turn up now your first thought could be they just forgot about me they don't care you know this, this is i don't want to see that person they're just not interested in me right and you might that might be your first thought, and if you and that gets to your frontal cortex, and you believe that thought, and you don't question it, then it becomes part of your story, right? Yeah. Right. And then when it happens again, it becomes part of your story. Mm-hmm. But if you actually write that thought down, and then think, okay, well, maybe there's some alternatives. Mm-hmm. You look at it objectively. Maybe they got caught up with some family issues. Uh, maybe they, maybe they had an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's they got some bad news, and they couldn't. Mm. Or maybe they broke their phone and they couldn't contact me. Yeah. There could or, be a lot of different reasons as to why they yeah. didn't actually turn up for the meeting. And then you go and you gather some evidence for those for those mm. different things and you find out which one was actually more likely. And you don't make a decision about the value judgment until you've actually assessed what is actually the valid reason. Yeah, allowed to be tested. Mm. And so this can be this is just a this can be a useful tool to help us to be able to Make sure we're not believing things which are simply not true, which can derail us on our journey mm. through through change. Because when we're going through change, it's often a time when we're very susceptible to these neg- this, this negative thinking about ourselves it and about the world around us. That a lot of this process is a bit like what the professionals say about playing golf. You're actually playing against yourself, and most of the game happens in your head, mm. not at the end of the club. Yeah, absolutely. And that a lot of pe- people will, will apparently, I'm, I'm not a, a good golfer by any means, but they, the people that take it very seriously, even in the championships, they'll say, I kept my head today. And it's all about the head rather than what's happening with the club. And so 
through change, a lot of it then seems to be to do with the tools that will help you keep your head clear, keep your direction clear, keep yourself aware as you go through this process. So much of it is. So much of it is. And with these with these tools, we're using the you know the right tools at the right time. It can it can really help us to be kind to ourselves, which then gives us the clarity to be able to actually plot a plot a path forward and make some make some good solid decisions. Fantastic. Well, I think that's terrific. That that toolkit, along with what we did in the last lesson before about those four phases, it should be should be really helpful to put things together for people. It's a little bit hard when you're just listening and not seeing the picture. So come over to Realmen twenty four seven, and I'll I'll give you a little map there, which will show you these in a little diagram to help you put them in context. So um, do come over to the get the show notes and. It's been great having you on the show again, talking to you, Chris, and to our listeners. And thanks for putting it all together, mate. I think it's a gift for people who, who actually are in that situation who will take the information. It's been well done, and I think it's going to be very helpful. So, great. Well, the goal, of course, is just to help us be a little bit more aware, a little bit more skilled at transitioning through change so we can make wise decisions. Well, guys, get your hands on that. And for now, we better get moving. So, from me, it's bye for now. It's good. goodbye from me. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.